And turns out a lot of podcasters have a similar problem and weren't happy with kind of the state of the art. So my background is uh, software engineering and uh, and graphic design and uh, teaching and writing books and stuff like that. So it was like, all right, like we could probably build something cool. And that's really what we've been working on for the last like over four years now. And uh, really, really honored that we can help so many podcasters. I think some crazy numbers I can share is like over 130 countries. Like last year, we helped record over 10 years of audio. Um, and yeah, we just been doing everything we can to really build a unique experience for podcasters and their guests to uh, record and sound great together. On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast, we have Zach Moreno, co-founder of Squadcast.fm, a software that records podcasts remotely, creates engaging podcasts and videos through an intuitive platform that allows you to connect with anyone, anywhere. You're going to want to listen in on how Zach was able to launch Squadcast 100% bootstrapped while driving crazy growth. How organic was the biggest plan out of the gate to get a proof of concept? And my favorite, how having the super close yet remote model enabled them to go to the next level. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But before we begin, if you are an agency owner or media buyer, head over to funnel-.com to see how their financial tools can allow you to scale your ads and get cash back. Without further ado, here is your host, Dylan Carpenter. All right, everybody. We're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan Carpenter in the house. Now, today we have a very special guest, you know, of course, with the platform we use for the podcast, the Squadcast. And I kind of made a post about them on Twitter. One of their reps came in, replied to my comments, and I was like, what if I could get the Squadcast CEO on the podcast? And hey, here we are. Now we have Zach Moreno. He is the co-founder and CEO of Squadcast. So I could hype this up, but I mean, I'm kind of giddy over here. So Zach, what's good, man? Thanks for having me, Dylan. This is awesome. I'm glad you uh, you reached out. We were able to put this together. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So grateful for it. Heck yeah, man. I'm pumped. So give everybody a little background of kind of who you are, just some context so people have an idea of what we're going to be getting into today. Yeah, so I uh, I co-founded Squadcast with uh, with my good friend Rock about four years ago. We um, we had this problem we ran into with the quality of recording remotely, and turns out a lot of podcasters have a similar problem and weren't happy with kind of the state of the art. So my background is uh, software engineering and uh, and graphic design and um, teaching and writing books and stuff like that. So it was like, all right, like we could probably build something cool. And that's really what we've been working on for the last like over four years now. And uh, really, really honored that we can help so many podcasters. I think some crazy numbers I can share is like over 130 countries. Like last year, we helped record over 10 years of audio. Um, and yeah, we just been doing everything we can to really build a unique experience for podcasters and their guests to uh, record and sound great together. Oh man, how big is y'all's team now? Yeah, I think we're up to like 
seven, eight people. And, uh, and then if you count like everybody who we work with, it's like close to 40, something like that. It blows my mind. Uh, this is my, I'm a first time founder. Uh, so just even to have this opportunity really is, is pretty magical for me. Oh, for sure. Are they all kind of remote too, or are y'all kind of in that California area? Yeah, we're a remote first company and we really, uh, you know, we use our product to, uh, to have like meetings and record our content and stuff. So we, uh, we really practice the remote first and, you know, of course, when, uh, the rest of the world kind of caught on to the remote work style, we're so happy that we didn't have to really change or evolve much at all. Um, it's really awesome that we have, you know, we have a support person, Andy in, in Mexico, we have Ariel in New York, we have Gene in, uh, Orlando, um, some of the team in Sacramento where I'm originally from. And then, um, my co-founder and I rock, we're here in Oakland in the Bay area. Man, heck yeah. We well, all got to come to Austin, put on a show. I'll get y'all crap little leads. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, no, I, I've never visited Texas. My, my grandfather's actually from, uh, from Texas and um, it's it's been on my list. We were hoping that we could uh, make it to podcast movement. We we're really big in sponsoring the community um, events. We we love those, but uh, when when things shut down, that that event got uh, got rescheduled and stuff. So that was something I was looking forward to. But yeah, we we have a lot of friends in Austin uh, as time goes by. So we'll definitely put that together. Oh, and it's booming more and more, especially in the marketing industry. I feel like everybody's coming down here from L.A. or San Diego. It's it's bananas. Yeah, it is. It is. We've had a number of founders and just uh, people that we, you know, are connected with here in in the Bay Area move to Austin. You know, and it's like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and uh, I I'm I hear that the startup scene and vibe is also vibrant and growing and all of those things. So it's, it sounds like a, it's a really cool place. Hell yeah! Well, let's get to the nitty gritty stuff, man. Now, of course, we'd love to dive into the rich ads, aka what's working good for you in the Squadcast world. So. Mm -hmm. What's been something that's kind of killing it for y'all kind of at this point in time? Yeah, so uh, so we we have the opportunity to work with some really talented uh, people on the the advertising and marketing side of uh, of our company and um, uh, influencer studio is uh, is um, an agency that we work with founded by a podcaster and friend of ours, Tyler Basu, uh, who uh, originally was at Thinkific, uh, a startup that is pretty inspiring to uh, to us. And uh, he's kind of out doing his own thing for the last couple of years. And we're like, man, uh, wouldn't that be amazing if we could like hire Tyler? And then he's like, oh, you don't have to. Like, it's all good. Like, we can work together uh, now that I'm <laughs> out. And um, he really understands podcasting and the startup. So uh, so we trust him, you know, fundamentally with with our uh, with our ad strategy and um, evolution with our funnels and all of those things. Like we, um, we we've come a long way as that is not my background. That's not my co-founder's background. Um, we have skills, they complement each other, but, but that was a big hole in our game. So we knew, we knew that we would need to, uh, to really go in that direction. So, um, I think it's really, you know, interesting to me around like the, how we, uh, how we really, um, like track these metrics and say, okay, the ROI on our ad spend is actually turning into, uh, this much like, uh, in our revenue or, um, all the different things there, it, it really blew my mind the amount of like data on that side of thing as a software engineer and how, how many like software tools there are in that stack as well. Um, I mean, I had kind of guessed uh, from, you know, my my past work, but I, I, I had a background in like government and stuff like that. And they don't do any of that stuff. There's no <laughs> funnels or like, you know, uh, tracking what ROI. Tracking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
just really putting all those pieces together, seeing how they fit together with like, you know, uh, we uh, we've made a lot of improvements. So we we weren't uh, we weren't perfect at this by any stretch when we first started out. But I think uh, I think what's what's been working is is really just embracing. We we're very fortunate. The nature of our product is has an element of uh, of kind of virality. So there's this this metric, the viral cycle time is um, how long it takes uh, when somebody signs up, how long does it take for them to invite somebody else to use it, whatever the the product is, use it as well. So, um, so you know, social networks benefit from this, but Squadcast isn't a social network, let's say, but, but the first thing you do is invite somebody else to record with you. That's kind of the magic of Squadcast is recording with other people. Um, so, that was really mind blowing to me. And I'll say that the organic growth from that is something we still haven't been able to match in our, in our ad strategy. Um, we do both now and we didn't do ads for the longest time. Cause we could kind of say, Hey, it, it's growing on its own. And, uh, and you know, we, we want an element of predictability, uh, with, with uh, our growth. And that's really where the strategy of, of doing some advertising came into, came into the strategy. But, um, we're really grateful for that, that, that we could grow organically and, uh, with promotion and how those fit together is just kind of beautiful to me. Oh, and you have to have a proof of concept with the amount of brands we talk to think, Hey, we got a product, got the packaging, let's run some ads right now. I'm like, you don't even know who your avatar is, you know, do you have any proof of concept? So I think right. I kind of knocked out a big piece of the puzzle out of the gate there. Let now, alone product market fit, right? That that's a whole, like another mountain to climb, even after you have that MVP out there. So you're right about that. When did y'all launch ads? If so, four years took y'all to kind of get to where you're at today. How long did it take you to kind of essentially get the ads up and going? About two years. Yeah, we we went for about two years without doing any advertising really at all, other than like events and speaking and kind of um, kind of that strategy, uh, which we love and it fits with our community. It fits with you know the uh, the podcast ecosystem. So. That is something that um, saying it out loud, though, sound, that sounds like a long time. So it's kind of blowing my mind and right now that we went for two years without doing any advertising. But you're totally right. That's why a lot of startups like go out and raise a bunch of money. And it's like, what are you going to spend this money on? It's like, uh, <laughs> developers and ads. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we had a bit of a different strategy there. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, different, different paths. So I'm, I'm glad we, we took this one. Oh yeah, now, now the geeky marketer is coming out. So when you set your kind of KPI goals, do you look at the LTV or are you kind of, hey, I, I, I want to make you know twenty cents on the dollar, you know, on that new customer? I'm kind of curious on your thought perspective on how you kind of set those goals for success. Yeah, we think about it like a, you know, it's a long term relationship with our customers, and we want to, um, we want to be of service for for the, you know, the as long as they're podcasting, and that's really where you know the LTV comes in for sure. Um, we focus on, you know, uh, getting people, getting people like into the product. Like we have a pretty, I'd say fairly generous, uh, trial. And then we focus on really making sure that people can get up and running like very quickly and really experience the magic of Squadcast. That's something that a lot of people tell the story of like Twitter, like they kind of figured that out and, you know, we needed to get certain, you know, follow this many people to really experience the magic of Twitter for Squadcast, it is, you know, we, we need to get you connected to somebody and recording uh, very quickly and so that you can really experience like the content that you created and the quality of it. Um, and that's really great because then the the product really, you know, the value proposition really speaks for itself. And our, uh, our approach to, to pricing is a big part of this as well. 
So um, that's a deep rabbit hole. I can go down that topic, but essentially we're we're modeled after like a, a physical recording studio that you might go and record in person in. Uh, a lot of the the pricing there is like per hour. You know, it's like you you rent the booth and you can go in and record. Uh, so then we really were big on validation and listening to the community. So we just kind of asked, like, what what would a recording hour be worth to you on Squadcast? Um, and you know, it, it's the same price per hour whether you're recording with uh, two people or four people. Uh, so you know, there's there's ways to really maximize the value there. But everybody gets the same quality. We have a we have a really high standard for that uh, with audio and in video. So. There's a there's a number of ways I can I can go deeper here, but you tell me. I'm happy. Oh, to we're going deeper, man. I'm curious how <laughs> many how many <laughs> you're bringing it out. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many times have y'all had to kind of change prices? Or because I mean, as the business evolves, I mean, hey, we got the you know the, the I don't want to say the guinea pigs, but the first batch of customers get the feedback. It's going well. We have more you know integration yeah. or whatnot these days. Let's bump the price up. I'm kind of curious how maybe y'all have changed it or maybe kept it consistent. Yeah, and it's in line with our uh, with our funding strategy as well. We are a bootstrap, self funded company, and now these days we are we are customer funded. Uh, I'm I'm proud to say that we've that we've earned that. And um, yeah, we started off with kind of unlimited pricing, uh, and it was just I think twenty bucks a month to uh, to really just build those early relationships and be very transparent. Like, yeah, this is this is beta. Uh, if anybody gets burned too bad, we gave like free months, like pretty, pretty generously. Cause we're just like, Hey, you know, this is, this is on us. So we're very real about that and transparent. Um, and people tend to, to respect that now kind of in hindsight, looking back. Um, and from there we just started asking like, okay, how, how would, um, how would kind of a tiered pricing structure work? And as first time founders, we also knew that we, uh, didn't know what we were doing. We knew we didn't what we didn't know, and um, so we we really just became students of like SaaS and um, and and startup pricing. Uh, really dug in, and that's an ongoing effort. Like my co-founder Rock has gone from like I don't know if he would say zero uh, background with like product pricing, but I would say he is by far an expert now. Um, and uh, and then also we're part of an accelerator called Tiny Seed, which is for bootstrap startups and uh, and they're experts in pricing, uh, I'll, I'll say, and have have helped us refine this over time. So I think we're on our fourth generation of pricing now, and uh, it's it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of courage to change your pricing. I'll say it, it's nerve wracking. Oh, 100 percent, man. Yeah, that's because, <laughs> you know, like grandfathering and, and doing things like that. Uh, I've recently learned that that term is uh, it's a bit. It's a bit gendered and and uh, and has some baggage with it, so I apologize. I don't mean to offend. It's just kind of the term people have heard uh, thrown around with like you know iPhones and things like that. So oh, I didn't uh, even know that. Oh gosh, I, I've had to have said that on probably twenty episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, don't mean any offense. Apologies. Um, You're good, man. It's uh, it's it, you know, just like like we have a number of customers who early days were on that unlimited plan, and they're still on the unlimited plan, and that's totally cool. We we appreciate that. Oh, and that's some customer loyalty to the end right there, man. Life or death, we're with you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, record as much as you want. We want people to record a lot. It's pretty cool to us. Now, I'm going to go off topic here because it's a big day. I feel like I got. I see you have a NASA hoodie on or sweatshirt, and I see that little Lego set. I think it's a Lego set in the background. Is that what it I is. think it is? Yeah, it's a and Saturn I think we landed, Lego. Didn't we land on Mars today too or something? 
yeah uh perseverance rover uh landed on landed on mars i was i was just watching like the live stream before we uh we're we're planning for a webinar um in the next couple of days and then uh i was watching that in the background it's like so amazing this is kind of you know i, I haven't had too many moments in the last uh couple of years where i felt like super proud to be uh to be part of this country but i think that anytime you know anytime uh anytime nasa takes a big step forward like that it, it really hits hits home for me for sure i'm also a lego fan that was like my first job i ever loved and like oh my god i i, I can talk legos for months you worked at lego yeah yeah so i was in houston texas and they were i was going around the mall and they were building the lego store still and i'm like let me apply oh, wow. so I, was, I was at a driving range working and i'm like oh i get ac you know texas heat's rough on the driving range yeah, yeah i was one of the first employees there i worked there for like a year and a half man I slung Legos like it That's was rad. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And the deals like four, four days out of the year, you get like 50% off. So I would buy like a oh. bunch and resell them. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard that they've since stopped producing these uh, Saturn five Lego sets and the aftermarket for them is gone way up. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, there's whenever they go, I guess, out of style or stop making them. Like we have a couple Lego sets, and they were like 120 bucks, and now they're worth four or five hundred. So I mean, yeah. that's that's a killer investment, low key. Yeah, thanks to my wife Becca for getting me this one. It was a lot of fun to build, and I, I love looking at it. Hell yeah! Back to the podcast, y'all. Alrighty, <laughs> so we love to kind of dive into what's working, and of course, the best part, what's not working. So we love to hear the nightmare stories, the horror, you know, adding extra zeros to budgets, forgetting your website's not on or something. So what's y'all's kind of nightmare story or poor ad in this world? Yeah, there's two that I'll share. Um, the The first one was that we made a mistake early on that um, we were just kind of rookies and didn't think about how it would impact in the long term. But we, when we first launched like our beta and our V1, um, the site and the app were connected. So Squadcast is a web app. And uh, so we were just like, oh, we just have some pages that are public and the rest of it is behind the sign in. Um, and that really held back our marketing efforts because making any tweaks to marketing pages or our blog or you name it, anything that was public facing required a whole product launch, a whole product rollout. And um, you can imagine like th those things being intertwined with one another, uh, tightly coupled, maybe you'd say in engineering, like uh, just didn't give us the flexibility or like speed that we wanted to make improvements to the to the site. So that held us back for sure. And uh, now we are split apart where we have a marketing site. And uh, thank you, Alex, for designing a beautiful experience and maintaining it, uh, making it fast and all that good stuff. And um, and then we have the app.squadcast.fm where uh, where the whole recording studio and experience lies. So that was a, a big mistake that I'm grateful we were able to correct. Shouts out, Alex. Yes, thank you. And uh, and then the other one I'll mention is like uh, more product focus. Like we, um, one of the innovations of Squadcast that really makes it special is uh, we have two patents pending and um, we have this thing called progressive upload that uh, in the background while you're recording, we are, uh, recording and pushing that up to the cloud every couple seconds in the background. And that gets you very high quality with the uh, high reliability. Um, if uh, worst case scenario, like power goes out or something like that, it's already the, the source content is already up in the cloud and you can get to it whenever you reconnect. Um, so that is um, something I love and was, wasn't actually my idea. It was our founding advisor, Harry Duran. So thank you, Harry, for, for that idea. 
Um, and it took us like 10 attempts to build the thing. Um, turns out it was very difficult and there wasn't any precedence. And this is why we're able to like file for patents and stuff is because it turned out it didn't exist and we couldn't just like go and use a library or something. Um, yeah, this isn't like something you can go and just like subscribe to an AWS or something like that. Um, so we're proud of that, but it, it was, uh, I I'll say like on attempt nine, we thought we had it and we rolled it out and we rolled it out right before the largest podcast conference of the year podcast movement it was in Philadelphia that year. And, uh, we rolled, I, I rolled, I, I rolled out the update, like before I left to Oakland international airport to catch the, the flight to, uh, to go out there thinking, Oh, this timing is great. We're going to like get so many people to sign up and they're going to totally like, it's going to be magical and all this stuff. Um, and by the time I got there, I was like getting text messages from our support team and just customers, emails and all this stuff like, oh, this file's all mangled, like it's out of order and I didn't even get my file and just kind of like the worst case scenario. Thankfully, we have backups on Squadcast. That's another feature that is, you know, very meaningful. So we were able to make it right and recover for people and all that stuff. But I wouldn't say anybody was necessarily happy about it. Um, and uh, it's the only time in my engineering career that I've ever had to roll a software update back. And uh, I'm glad that we did, though, because, you know, two, three weeks later, we got we, we, we fixed what was the problem. It actually ended up being like four or five problems. So um, we, we needed to do that. And it was a very painful conference for me personally, because I didn't really sleep. I was trying to fix it like in the moment. And um, it wasn't really until I got back home and took a step back rolled it back and then kind of started again that we got it on the 10th attempt. So, uh, so that's been a big, uh, it's a big selling point for us that, uh, you know, is a differentiator with our customers. That's huge. And I was going to bring this up after we talked, but I mean, that's one of the main reasons how we all got connected. Cause I mean, I was, I ended up having an issue on mine where I had an awesome guest, and it only recorded mine and I was kind of freaking out low key. And I'm like, how do I tell this guy, you know, Understandable. Yeah, he spent an hour and I just felt bad. And when I found out about the backup recordings, I was like, dude, y'all should just have an ad. Hey, you remember that file you lost? And I was Squadcast. And I was like, I would convert mm -hmm. so hard on that. I appreciate that insight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I apologize, but that what it took to get there. But uh, but yeah, that that's something where, you know, I mean, it's another back to that analogy of a physical recording studio. Um if you go and do that, you know, there's going to be some redundancy. I'm a, like, we talked about, you know, mentioned space and I'm a huge space nerd and stuff. Like we didn't like land on the moon or Mars today because like it, we got it on the first try. Like there are redundant systems in place, like to make sure you land on Mars, right? Like if we're going to spend uh, that much money and get one shot at it, you know, um, especially with human space flight. Like, so that was very inspiring. Uh, so that's really where the, the, um, the inspiration came from to say, okay, like let's make sure even in the worst case scenario, even like it, everything goes wrong. The system is resilient and you will still get your episode out on time and your audience is happy and all of those things. So I'm really glad that we were able to deliver on that for you. <laughs> Oh, and you got a real life case right here. I was just like, I mean, I gotta, I gotta wait a month and let this guy know. I was just like counting down the days, like today's the day I gotta let him know. And then I reached out and I'm like, oh, I've had it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, yeah, 
so it, there's this whole story there too as to you know what went into that but um now we we have video recording as well and you know that had to come with video backups because that's part of who we are and our customers you know count on that so um really proud of that work hell yeah well of course with the name of the podcast we love to kind of meet in the crossroads in the marketing and financial side of things so Based off your expertise, whether it's business or personal related, what are some kind of financial principles you kind of live by to help you do finance stuff? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm so grateful for my co-founder, Rock. I mean, he has the finance background. He is, uh, he's a CPA, um, he's an auditor, and that was kind of his past career. So um, to have that partnership with him has been uh, really I've learned a lot. He's learned a lot about software engineering and I've learned a lot about financial engineering and, and uh, all the things that go into, uh, you know, having a healthy business. So the, the bootstrapped, uh, nature of our business that I mentioned before the, the self-finance, um, you know, we held down day jobs for a year and a half before we quit, um, and went full time on Squadcast. So that is, uh, non-trivial. And, you know, I also got married at that time. I was teaching at Cal Berkeley. So I had way too much on my plate. Um, for, for a time there, but, you know, to kind of persevere and push through that and make the best investment you ever could is in yourself. Right. So that's really where, uh, you know, a pretty big chunk of our paychecks were going into funding Squadcast and making sure that things were up and running. Um, and then to kind of get to a place where we went from being self-funded to customer funded, that was a huge moment for us. And I like to tell founders, first time founders, like, cause there's a lot of, uh, you know, the narrative for startup land for, uh, founders is, is very much like you're not a real startup unless you go out and raise venture capital. Right. <laughs> I think, uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot that perpetuates this narrative, but, um, we've always respected uh venture capitalists and the, the, you know they a lot of them have been founders and you know that's how we learn is from people who've been there before so um so this isn't me being a zealot or saying you know don't spend other people's money or something like that it was more so along the lines of like let's challenge ourselves and try let's try to self-finance and we'll just see how far we get um and we always always you always have the option to go out and raise. If anything, as time passes and your product and customers and all those things, you will only get more valuable. Uh, or you'll disprove yourself and you'll have not be in a couple million dollars of debt. You know, that that's nice. Yeah. So <laughs> to dodge that bullet. So, you know, I, I think that you always have the optionality, even still today, four, four and a half years later, we have the option to go and raise if we wanted to. We're just in a financial position where we don't need to. Um, and I'm really, really proud of that work because it's it's not the easiest path, um, I'll say. And, you know, you're always forced to be creative because you're operating with uh, as few resources or scrappy as you can be and all of those things. So uh, there's certain businesses that I think you just you have no choice, really. You probably need to go out and raise if like, let's say you're uh, I saw a startup pitch like male contraception and they have to go through like FDA approval and, you know, years of that before they even have uh, a product that they can test to see has, you know, product market fit. So for that, they have no choice, right? They, they, they're, they're, their product being in the market is years away, but with software and SaaS and the cloud and all of these things being much more accessible, um, you know, it used to be that startups, uh, technology startups had to stand up their own data center and, uh, 
set up a bunch of uh, cloud infrastructure. And uh, we're super fortunate with the timing of Squadcast that we can uh, we can really use the modern tools and cloud architecture to uh, to really you know move quickly, uh, but but also save costs and kind of scale uh, scale the business with our with our customers and growth. So. Uh, I think uh, you know bootstrapping is definitely worth a try. That's that's what I'm advocating for here, and uh, you can always go out and raise venture capital. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend in partnership with MasterCard. And if you are an aggressive affiliate dealing with dozens of ad accounts, or you are in gray hat or black hat verticals such as drop shipping, CBD, or other verticals where you're dealing with ad accounts getting shut down business managers getting shut down or even de-platform from platforms like Facebook and Google, then you absolutely need to check out Funnel Dash's ad card. We give you unlimited free virtual debit and credit cards. So you can have a dedicated card for every single ad account campaign. And you can attach any name and address in the US so you have complete anonymity on the card and at the card level. Plus, one of my favorite features is that you don't have to pre-fund or even top off like most typical virtual card solutions today. So if this is you and you're operating these verticals, whether you're an agency or an advertiser, then check out AdCard at FunnelDash.com. You had a, a, another full-time job, day job, you know, for a year and a half before you really got into it. Was that was that pretty stressful having to kind of deal with that live and then the after hours, the squad casts? Well, I'll be I'll be real with you. Like I was very lucky that um, the my role in the government agency that I worked for was not challenging at all. Uh, if anything, I was like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Like, let's uh, you know provide this new app for our constituents and let's like do all these things. And um, you know, uh, a lot of that didn't gain traction. Let's say so. Uh, so that's where I was able to. Uh, it started out by I was able to write a book. I, I got approached by a publisher to write um, a technical book on uh, modern web development, full stack, uh, you know, deploying de deploying to the cloud. It was called Angular JS Deployment Essentials. It was deprecated basically on the day that it shipped. So I'm not super proud of it, but I'm proud of the work that went into it. It took me a year to write, and most of that time, most of that time uh, was like I was at work. I was uh, so I kind of got this proof of concept of like, okay, I can do my job and like keep everything happy and running and smooth there. But I can also like research and I can also write and I can do some things that um, kind of use that time more effectively, let's say. And 100%, yeah. I've been I've been waiting to actually like I want to write a, 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 a maybe it's a series of blog posts or something or maybe a podcast where it's like how to bootstrap your startup with a government job. Um, I, 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 I hesitate here though, because, you know, I value taxpayers and the investment into the government and all of those things. So I don't want anybody to think that I was like wasting their money. If anything, you know, I was trying to push it, uh, and stretch their dollar and all that stuff. Those um, potholes, but, man, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was able to achieve a lot of things for our constituents and I was proud of that, but, um, but you know, in the in-between time of making updates to that website and all the things that I managed there, I was able to write a book. I was able to grade the work that my students were doing while I was at Cal Berkeley. And then when we had the idea for Squadcast, it was like, I could probably do a fair amount of the engineering here on, on my laptop, on my network, not on any government resources. But, you know, I 
people kind of there was days that went by where nobody would talk to me. I was like, oh, like that's like the engineering in the corner or whatever. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do my thing, drink coffee. And uh, I was able to kind of build out the MVP. Like I'll say mostly nights and weekends, but a fair amount, a fair chunk of it was done kind of bootstrap time wise too. Not just, not just capital. I think it's funny. I'm just getting an image. Oh, he's, he's back there. He's doing some engineering stuff. Uh, (laughs) Oh, he finished three days ago. He's good. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, oh, that's already finished. Like, uh, yeah, it's, I would go across the street. I, I worked in San Francisco um, and I would go and I preferred to work in like hotel lobbies and coffee shops and stuff like yeah. that. So that's also where the remote nature of Squadcast kind of had its origins. And Rock would do the same thing in his role, but kind of less of the time because um, he would have to go to like client offices and then work there, but not in his company's office so that's really where we kind of got a taste of that that freedom and how a whole company could be remote and and super inspiring like companies like automatic who make wordpress and stuff like that uh are you know several hundred people and they're all remote it's pretty mind-blowing man this has been exciting dude i'm I'm enjoying this one thoroughly (laughs) so what's the best way we can kind of support you the best way people can kind of get in touch with you yeah, if you're if you're into podcasting and um, you know, like that's a really great channel for uh, for growing brands and and being being a, a professional to tell your story and reach your audience. So like if you're into podcasting um, and you're not able to record those in person, we'd love to help you with that. At squadcast.fm is where you can find the the platform. We have a whole bunch of free stuff too. Uh, so like if you're just getting started with podcasting, like you have a bunch of questions. It's a relatively new thing, so we're uh, we're happy to support you there. And uh, and if you know if you want to record with us too, that that'd be rad. Uh, but we're really you know uh, in this for the long run and uh, really really value those conversations. So you can find us on social media at Squadcast FM. Um, like you reached out to us, Dylan, and you know we we, we love talking to people. So that's uh, we're, we're really invested in the community. So I would say if you're just starting as a podcaster, start there. Start with the podcast community. It's super open. And welcoming and uh, we're proud to play a part in that heck yeah man and y'all heard it we do all of our episodes on squadcast so buckle up give it a try thanks zach thank you don appreciate it thanks so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and richadpored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funneldash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ed book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpored.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.